Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's, it's hard to compare Duke and Carolina to the Cornhole Championships, but we'll try. We'll try. Uh, Brendan Marks of The Athletic covers Duke, Carolina, and really the ACC at large. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Brendan Marks, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, but the next time you ask me on, tell me I'm following the legend so I can politely decline. <laughs> I can't keep up with that. <laughs> it was impromptu. So the 450 segment, we're talking about the story that two five-star cornholers, and yes, that's a real thing, from Denver, Colorado, got scholarships to come across the country to play in Rock Hill at Winthrop University. We start talking about the program and the coach, and lo and behold, the coach calls in. I promise it wasn't planned. Listen, uh, the the only part of that story that I actually believe is that two five-star cornholers are coming out of Denver, Colorado. That absolutely <laughs> tracks. I believe that 100%. <laughs> All right, speaking of five stars, let's talk about Duke. They get a lot of them. Uh, they, they beat Wake last night. I didn't know the streak was this long, but Duke has now beaten Wake at home 25 straight times. Um, and look, it, it, it's not unexpected, the result that is. But man, if you're Wake, it's disappointing. There's a lot to say about this, but let's start with Duke. Um, great defense from them last night. The stars stepped up. The emergence of Jared McCain. Like, what, what do you find most important about all that? Yeah, you know, I think Jared McCain, for starters, just quick off the top, like, is one of the better rebounding guards I've seen in quite a while. Um, you know, I saw a stat today. I think he's the first high major freshman under six foot five since like 2008 to average, you know, five or more rebounds in five straight games. Like, what he's doing in terms of rebounding. Like, that was a big weakness for Duke earlier this year. Um, It's still not something they're great at. So him emerging there is huge. But to me, like, the biggest thing I take away is, like, Kyle Filipowski finally looked like Kyle Filipowski again. Um, It's kind of been a rough stretch for him lately. You know, he's this is the most points he had scored in a Duke win in a month. It was his first double-double in seven games. Um, Had just really not even looked like the body language is bad. Didn't look like he was having a good time the last couple of weeks. So for him to come out in a game of that magnitude and to play, you know, really as well as he had in quite a while, that to me is a is a good sign if you're a Duke fan. Uh, bodes well going into this last month of conference play. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Um, John Shire really trying to talk up that win last night when it came to Wake. What was that about? Was that just paying respect to a program that he respects, or was that salesmanship? What what was that? Yeah, it sounds like he took a page out of Coach K's playbook, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you respect your opponent. That's a tournament team. Look what we did to a tournament team. Um, yeah, I will say, I do, I do think Wake is a tournament team. Uh, I know their resume isn't maybe all the way there yet, but I think they're going to get there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's also a thing where, you know, in the ACC, unfortunately, there are only so many games that you can really kind of get up for on the schedule. Um, and Wake Forest is one of the five or six that I would put in that category. So for Duke to have done that, um, you know, they had just beaten Notre Dame and Boston College. Again, nothing super crazy to write home about. Um, so to be able to win like that, again, Wake is one of the better offensive teams in the country. Duke's defense has been a, a point of consternation all year. People have wondered if they're soft. That, I thought, was the more interesting thing that Shire said yesterday. He said, if anybody's questioning our toughness, this right here is our evidence that you're wrong. Um, that, to me, I think is something that he's probably been challenging his team internally. Uh, and especially last night, even if it is just for one night, it, it showed up. They were the tougher team. Yeah, and I thought it was important. You're right. The thing about toughness, uh, it felt like they just really weren't able to replace Lively uh, throughout a lot of this season defensively there in the middle. But you know, they've been able to figure some things out. And, and that was a good win last night. It really was. Now, uh, go a little bit further on Wake, if you would, because uh, you're right. Right now, Wake is 39th in the net ratings. I think they're a good team. And, you know, you sit 39th in the net ratings as of today. You look to be a tournament team. 
Uh, as we both know, though, Steve Forbes really needs to make the tournament this year. Like, What's that looking like for you? What do you think about this team? Because they've really come up short pretty consistently in quad one opportunities. Yeah, they have. And, and the two, you know, Monday night games at North Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago on a big Monday, obviously last night, big Monday, another one like that, that game was there for the taking last night. Wake had a number of open three pointers. This is one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. I think they came in 17th nationally in three point percentage and just completely, I mean, couldn't, couldn't hit water from above. So I will say this, you have to kind of judge Wake's schedule since they have gotten Eston Reed back because I think the team they were when they lost three of their first five games I don't think that's representative of who they are they go on that long winning stretch and there are some really quality wins there. I mean they beat Florida uh, they beat Virginia that one is going to continue to look better and better um, and again you know this Saturday you go to JPJ you go to John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville and you try and beat Virginia again like to me right now there are four ACC teams in the NCAA tournament no question. I think it's Duke, it's Carolina, it's Clemson, and then it's Virginia, who's now you know challenging for the ACC League. Wake wins on Saturday. I think Wake has put themselves firmly enough into that conversation. But you're right. Like You say they have more opportunities, and they do. They've got Virginia, they've got Duke, they've got Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. You've got to start winning some of these in order to actually get that elusive quad one win. Uh, again, no, at- no at-large team has made the field without a quad one win since the net system was introduced. So... Wake's got to get one. They have chances. I think they will. Um, they Unfortunately, though, they don't have one right now. Brendan Marks, The Athletic, covers Duke, Carolina, the ACC. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, NC State, before we get to Carolina Q's tonight, let's talk about NC State. Uh, they've lost two straight. That pit loss does not look nearly as bad as it might have a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I actually think they're pretty good. Um, and then they, they lost to Wake. We just talked about them. They've got a chance to bounce back. They've had some days off here. They don't play for another four days, I think. Um, Clemson on the road in Little John coming up on Saturday. How big is that one? How much does NC State need that one? I mean, if you lose that game, I, I, I already see a really, really tough uphill battle for NC State making the NCAA tournament. They're outside of a win against Virginia back when Virginia was reeling. This is a team that's lost 5-7, of seven, uh, has terrible metrics. They're sub-100 offense nationally. Like, I, I really struggle to see it. So, like, you know, the, the Clemson win on Saturday, to me, that's like a that's a first step. That's not even like, okay, we're back on the bubble. That is a step to even being on the bubble. Um, and, again, it's a similar situation to Wake. You do have opportunities. You have Clemson. You still have another game with Carolina. You still have another game with Duke. You still have another game with Florida State. There are opportunities there. But the resume that Wake, that, that NC State has, just really the non-conference schedule is nothing. That's 325th nationally in non-conference schedule. Um, every opportunity they had, BYU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, you know, farted all of those away. So I, I, Clemson is like a non-negotiable. You lose that one. You'll have lost six of your last eight. Uh, that basically is a wrap on the season to me. I hear you. All right, Carolina-Syracuse tonight. Uh, started to call it the Carrier Dome. It's what are, they, what are they calling it now? The JP something dome? JMA Wireless Dome, another building that is named after a wireless carrier that doesn't provide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm still calling it the Carrier Dome, and nobody can stop me. Um, you know, the, the Carolina's last 10 days have been interesting, right? Uh, they got a Clemson, speaking of Clemson, they got a Clemson loss sandwiched between wins over Duke and Miami. Um, I, what's, what do we take from the last 10 days of Carolina basketball? What have they told us about themselves? That they can hang with anybody in the country. You know, that Duke win shows me that. Like, this team at its best, and we saw it against Tennessee. We saw it against Oklahoma. You know, we've seen it. 
at its best, this team can hang with anybody in the country. It is a legitimate contender. However, this team is not inherently talented enough that it can afford off nights or nights where it's not, you know, giving its full attention to, you know, the mission. The beginning of that Clemson game, 15-2, to two, that's exactly what that is. It's a hangover, and it's not giving it your full dedication. Um, you know, quite frankly, I can't believe I'm saying this because you've got a guy in R.J. Davis who is probably going to be the ACC player of the year. You've got another number of guys, Armando Baycott, Harrison Ingram, who have been studs. I'm more concerned with UNC's offense right now than I am with UNC's defense. Um, you know, this is still a top-10 defense nationally, but there are nights when UNC doesn't have the shots falling, and it looks a lot harder than it should. So um, Syracuse, I think, can be a get-right game in that opportunity. But Carolina's a range of outcomes, I would say, is probably a little bit wider than if you had asked me a month ago. Are, are we expecting Seth Trimble to play tonight, by the way? Sounds iffy, but UNC needs him back fast. I mean, I think if, if Seth Trimble's importance has not been underscored the last two games, I, I don't know what will do it. I mean, he is arguably UNC's best perimeter defender, uh, most athletic guy on the team. Again, he's someone who, like, teams you don't necessarily think is an elite shooter, but you have to respect the shot at least, and then he'll blow by you if you don't have a good closeout. So um, if he's not playing, again, that, that makes life a little bit harder. Uh, UNC has needed him the last two games, and if it doesn't get him back soon, like, that's, that's something to monitor if you're a UNC fan, for sure. Brendan, last thing I'll let you go. And I, and I admittedly, because we're friends and I know you, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist with me for a second. You ready for this? Um, uh, <laughs> we were laughing really kind of angrily about what Joe Lenardi wrote in his latest iteration of Bracketology, where he, he went to the straight top line, the, the recent history of the top line of the NCAA tournament. And he writes that North Carolina's pursuit of a number one seed has more implications than usual. Says for the first two decades of this century, the ACC averaged at least one top seed per year. Uh, it peaked in 2019, landing three of the four number one seeds. And since then, there's not been a single top line selection from the ACC. And it feels like he's using that to suggest what we've all heard time and again the last couple of years, that, well, the ACC's down. It's just not that good anymore. Man, this... I'm, I'm not telling you that I think the overall quality of ACC basketball is the exact same as it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. But doesn't it feel at times, Brendan, like there's something of a coordinated attack against the ACC? I, I don't know, you know, who Jim Phillips, like, forgot to send Christmas cards to or if Roy Williams and Coach K made a snide remark to somebody along the way. I, the hate is uh, insane. Yes. Um, the, one thing, the one thing that I would say – about Joe Lenardi, and I know that he is ESPN's face of bracketology, and, and that is not an easy field. Um, you know, predictions are just excuses to be wrong in advance. I will say there are some online ranking systems uh, where you can see who the most bracketologist, most accurate ones are year after year, and somebody who has a loud platform but isn't ranking particularly high in those metrics. Um, I'm not going to take what they say with, with the utmost sincerity. So, like, Two years ago, you had two teams in the Final Four. You had another Final Four team last year. Any statistic you want to pick in terms of actual NCAA tournament success, you know, the only reason that we play college basketball is to right. get to that field. Um, I'm going to stick with the teams that do well there. And if you want to get nine bids in and not have any of them get to the second weekend, you go ahead. I'm going to stick with the winners. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the ACC. It, it's infuriating. And again, like I, I, I hear some of these college basketball writers, the longtime guys are like, well, it's just about the numbers. It's just about the metrics. You know, it's the net ratings. They just plug everything in. And this is what the numbers tell us. And I'm just, I, I don't get it. Like that we celebrate the SEC in football. 
Um, and I'm using celebrate and heavy air quotes, you know, for being a meat grinder and beating up on each other every single week. Wes Durham made the same point on our station this morning, right? You know, they you, you give the SEC's football teams credit for that. The ACC used to get credit for that, but now all of a sudden they don't. It's crazy. You, you ask any ACC team that has made any semblance of a run in the tournament in the last five years, and what they will tell you is the diversity of styles of play that you have to play in the ACC. Um, you know, obviously you play small ball at Miami, for example. Um, you know, North Carolina right now, they're, they're doing things differently. You always had to deal with the Carolina system. You always had to deal with the secondary break. You had to deal with the zone at Syracuse. You had to deal with uh, NC State pressing the crap out of you. There was always some new system. And once you get to tournament time and you have less time to prepare, guess what? Those experiences pay huge, huge dividends. Um, now, I, am I going to say that, you know, I'm excited to go and watch Tuesday of the ACC tournament in Washington, D.C.? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, but I will, <laughs> but I, will, I will say that the ACC, by and large, prepares teams for postseason success as well as any other league nationally. And you don't have to give it credit because it's just going to keep doing it year after year. You can keep adding teams. You can keep adding teams. You can keep making the arguments you want about other leagues. The ACC prepares teams for postseason success. I have a sneaky feeling we're going to see it again this year. Brendan Marks, thank you so much. As always, we've kept you long enough. Enjoy tonight. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you guys. i got to go practice my cornhole before the game. Exactly. If you want a scholarship, you should. There you go. Brendan Marks hanging out with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline.